Well, today uh, we're so honored to have with us one of the mightiest heroes I think I've ever met personally. He is from the city of Siliguri in northeast India, right in the nexus of the universe where Bangladesh, Bhutan, Nepal, and India all come together in this, this magical corner where the Holy Spirit is falling and doing amazing things for the lost. Uh, this man builds churches, he preaches, he's an evangelist, he rescues orphans, he, he's, he's everything you, you want when you're looking for a human being who looks like Jesus and who just exudes Jesus he is full of all the humility and power at the same time that I would just picture Jesus himself having if he walked into this room. And so today, just give a really warm, special, good Texas Generations welcome to Mr. Godam Salal. Hello. Well, good to be here. So good to be here with you, all the dear brothers and sisters. I'm so grateful. Uh, after three and a half years, after the COVID uh, and then the, and the lockdown, and Pastor Albert and Miss Monica, Pastor Scott and Melissa, and all the dear ones here in the church, I'm so grateful uh, to be here with you, and thank you so much for all your kindness and your grace and your love. Uh, Sister Debbie, you've been very faithful, like a rock, for so many years. I've known Pastor Monica, Pastor Albert and Monica for over 30 years now, working together in the Northeast India, in the region of Nepal, in Bhutan, in Bangladesh and Tibet, China. All these countries come together, as Pastor Scott rightly shared with you. So I want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And as I stand here, I represent you thousands of thousands of peoples and and. Um, over over 40 churches that the generation church and the GGO have built over the years in the region. Thank you on behalf of our home of orphanage that you have been so faithful so for so many years that to give and to nourish these wonderful children and that the sister was calling, we don't call them orphanage, but we call them children, amen? We can't call them orphans, they're our children. So you have been a tremendous blessing to us to extend the hand of Jesus, to extend the hand of the compassion and the love of Christ, and also to sustain the body of Christ through your prayers and giving. And we're so grateful to you. Genesis Church, Jiju has built more than 40 churches in Nepal, and in Northeast India, in Doers area, in Darjeeling, in Kalimpong, in Sikkim, in all these regions. And the Lord has been so faithful through you to provide the needs of the local churches. Jijio churches have been built. And our, in a home of orphanage, we have, a, you know, we had the little girl, girls and guys from this small, now they are grown up adult now. Some of them doing our our, our work so well, and these two girls, are one is becoming a doctor's help, like a, a physician assistant, amen, and another is becoming an accountant, and our boys are growing up, they want to go to technical schools, and Pastor Peter, on behalf of Pastor Peter, his wife Martha, and his son Benjamin, I want to thank you so very much, and uh, you have been very gracious, and uh, these children are grown up, and being nurtured in the grace and the, and the, 
and the love and the compassion of the Lord, and uh, they are so happy, and they are so grateful to you all for every act of your mercies and, and every act of your love, your kindness, and I thank you very much for touching them and, and uh, bringing lives uh, where there is no life previously in their, in their entire life. Uh, they are jubilant, they are happy, and they love the Lord, they worship the Lord, and they and read the Word, they share the Word, and also sometime in the small fellowship, they preach even the Word of God. So they are beautiful uh, children that you have been supporting and helping. And I thank you very much for helping us as well in the great ministry the Lord has entrusted in our hands for the last now over 40 years. God has been so gracious and so kind and so faithful to provide every need and uh, to help us to grow in the Lord and also to expand the kingdom of God, to build the body of Christ in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we have been able to touch thousands of lives through our teachings through our trainings and through our conferences and also going from one house to other through open-air preaching and through evangelists and the pastor when they go. And by the way, I would just want to say thank you so much. Genesis Church not only help, has helped the home of hope and build the churches, but they have bought the bicycles and motorcycles. People who are in the bunny. Just recently, the Genesis all helped build two church, two bikes, motorbikes. One is in Doors area, Northeast India. Not only will we work in the Northeast India, but now other parts of India. We are working in Bihar. Genesis Church has bought the, bought the bike in Bihar. I think the church is going to help. Jiju is going to help build churches in, in Bihar also. I would, it will take a long time to, for, to sh for me to share with you. And in Orisha, I don't have the map right now, down in the Orisha, another state, it's like a foreign, foreign country for us. So in Orisha, we have uh, three wonderful pastors working, and the Generation Church has helped bought the motorcycle. They go out in the boonies. I mean, you know, there is no, no electricity. There is no, I, no you cannot even, t you, you can take your phone, but nothing. There is no tower, there is no electricity, there is no, I mean, you know, there is no vehicle, you cannot even go, and they have to go through the jungle to in order to preach the gospel. They take these bikes, go and preach the gospel to the tribals. Some of them are half naked, <laughs> you know, and, and they preach the gospel to these people, and great things have happened. I want to share with the great things and uh, Mrs. Miss Malika was telling me, asking me, what's happening in the spiritual realm in India? I said, great things. COVID was a curse, but COVID was a blessing to us. <laughs> you know, it's a, we can, you know, during the COVID, what happened was so many people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ in India. So many people. And, you know, I would go to the town. I mean, it, it was so restricted. As you know, I don't have to dwell about what the COVID did and what it was all about, but during this time, people were just hungry and thirsty for the gospel. They wanted to know the truth. They wanted to know the way out. And as in a few minutes, I will share with you about the way out. That there is no way out in the world. The only way out is the Jesus. I am the way, the life, and the truth. Amen. And I began to. And you know, usually when I go to the Silgari town, I was going in diff different places one time, and I happened to be in a tailor shop to do some mending of a clothes. And there was a Bengali man sitting next there, and I, I happened to carry a Bengali tract, tracts in a literature. So. 
I said, I went to ho over him and I said, gave that Bengali literature tracts which says about the Lord Jesus Christ and eternal life. And usually the people just keep it and just put it in the pocket, you know. They are, they are going on their, you know, they are busy, they are on business and say, well, I'll read it later. Or they, they say, no, I don't need it. But this man, during this time, began to read the track. I mean, you know, I'm looking at him. I mean, people are walking, going. He's not paying attention to anybody. He's reading. Uh, and after a few minutes, I look at few minutes, I look at him. He's still reading. And I go, I said, "Do you like it?" "Oh yeah, I like it." And then uh, during this time, the people would call us. Hindu people and the Buddhist people would call us. Would you please come to our house and pray for us? Would you come to our house and pray for us? And during this time, we went out and began to preach the gospel. And we went in a such a place where, we, you know, our team would take a guitar and a small, you know, handheld mouth, I mean, a handheld uh, microphone and a sound system, and began to play the guitar and worship the song. People would come. People would come from different houses in the, in the ground, and we began to, children would come. And he says, with your world, we began to worship the Lord. And without knowing the song, they are going to lift their hands and say, would you like to pray for us? Yes, please pray for us. And the young people came. The family came. And if we, as we prayed, people getting going to, they were healed. Their, their sickness and Jesus were healed. They said, oh, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. The, 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 the revival is, and I was sharing with Miss, Miss, with Miss Monica, the revival is breaking in India like anything. And we went to a hospital, a cancer center. And we've been going there to preach the gospel in cancer center and hospital. And the, 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 the cancer patient, they don't live in the hospital. They hire small apartments. And their relatives come along with them. They stay there. And we went to that apartment. And out there was a nice ground. And we, there were several places like that. And our team went with the guitar. And, and we went to worship. And you know what they did? They bring their chairs. Their chairs are outside. And we sit down. And as we worship the Lord and began to preach the gospel, they lift their hands up there. And then, would you like to pray for us? And they said, before even we say, would you like to pray for you? Would you, would you like us to pray for you? He, they said, before even we say that, please pray for me. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. And we began to lay hand on the people, began to pray. Many were healed. And one woman, we visited first time, and the second time, and the third time, one Bengali woman came and said to us, you know what? The first time you said about Jesus Christ, that he's real, and he began to sing a song, and he began to preach, it touched my heart. It really touched my heart. And she said, from that very day, I left my idols. I don't worship any idols anymore. I worship your God, Jesus Christ. In Bihar, a pastor has not seen these pastors. We have four pastors preaching the gospel. Now, you have to understand, India, right now, the federal government is anti-Christ, anti-Christian. They try to clamp down every Christian work and activity, and they are persecuting people. Persecuting people. This is a radical uh, radical government that encouraged the radical Hindus and militants to go against Christians and persecute them. 
And many of our people, even in Orisha, during the rain, this year, in the rain, rainy season, this year in rainy season, what happened was the Christian people were chased out of the house. It was raining, and they had to go out in the jungle and build a shed. And, and, and my brother, my pastor friend of mine in Orisha, sent a request, and we sent them money, and they bought the roof and the utensil. And they said, these people said, the militant Hindu said to them, either you renounce your God and come to Hinduism, or you get out of this place. And they said, we are ready to get out of this place, but we will not renounce our God, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we will, we will follow him till the last breath that remains in our, heart, in our life. And they were there. And, and now what happens, has, has happened is, you know, God works, you know, you, God is a miracle-working God. You know that? He is, he is still. Jesus, in his time, he preached the gospel and healed everywhere he went, left and right. He gave lives. He gave eyes to the blind. He gave lame, I mean, he gave feet to, you know, legs to the lame, and he healed the blind, the sick, and, you know, cast out demon forces. You know, he, he, he raised the dead. And what happened was God is still a miracle-working God. In Orissa, what happened was these people who persecuted our Christian people, our pastor, one of the families, their daughter was beaten by cobra. And they are in a such a place they cannot even go to the hospital. They don't have the, they don't have the ride. They don't have the vehicle. And then he, he runs to the pastor's house and says, you know, and he said, would you come and pray for my girl? Would you come and pray for my daughter? She's beaten by a cobra. And he goes there, prays, and the, 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 there is a big swollen coming up, and he prays, and she gets healed. And what happens? They give their lives and say, this is a real God. We want to worship your God. We want to follow your God. In Bihar, it's in the Bihar, where the, uh, you know, in, in these states, Orissa, Bihar, Uttar Pradesh, Uttarakhand, all these names I'm saying, I mean, saying to you, when you don't know these places, there is a highest number of persecution going on. But you know what? In Bihar, every month there is a baptism taking place. People say, we want to follow this God. We want to follow your God. I don't care what government will do to us. I don't care if they will take our rights, our privileges off. I don't care. They say, but we want to follow your God. We want to follow Jesus. And every month, every month, there is baptism taking place in several churches in Bihar. And the highest conversion rate in India is in the state of Bihar. Well, there is, a, there is a persecution. I tell the people, persecution doesn't kill the church, but the compromise will kill the church. Persecution will sharpen the focus of the church. Persecution will bring you, bring you the challenge and also give you the vigor and the power and the strength and a greater commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And this is what has happened, just like the book of Acts. When the people were persecuted, they were, they were scattered. And wherever they went, they said, oh, we're persecuted people, please help us. They didn't say that way. They went and preached the gospel everywhere they go. This is what is happening in India. 
This is what is happening in the northeast India. I just wanted to share you a little bit. Just before I came, I had to come very, uh, it was very urgent. Uh, our people in Dallas wanted me to come because there was some official work that had to be done. Without my presence, they could not do it. But I didn't want to come, really, <laughs> to be honest with you. But I'm glad I'm with you this morning. I'm sharing this thing. After three and a half years, we had the first Deeper Life Conference. We had 29 different Deeper Life Conferences in the past, where thousands of people would come. 1,200, 1,300 people would come there in our center in Siliguri. Uh, Pastor Scott has been there. Pastor Albert has been there. Uh, I'm, uh, our brother uh, Dale has been there, and others have been there. And uh, Miss Monica have been there, and we have built this facility. And uh, during the lockdown area or COVID era, everything shut down. We could not do nothing. And there were big storms and big rains. I mean, in a heavy rain, monsoon rain. It really demolished most of the places in our, you know, it, 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 it rained and our roof were leaking, and we had to do major, major renovation and repair. And because uh, during the COVID time, the government didn't allow anybody to come into the center, no, do no work, and it, so it was shut, shut, totally shut over a year. And the mildew came in all kind of weather we, uh, situation. Weather situation really destroyed, I mean, really damaged the area, and we had to do the repair. And we finished the repair, and we were, since the lockdown was taken off, so we decided to have, we prayed and decided to have the Deeper Life Conference. And I did not send any kind of brochure to anybody because uh, uh, the government is very, very uh, sensitive, or I should say more uh, aggressive against Christians. So we didn't print brochures. We did not do anything advertisement, no poster. But I only sent three messages through WhatsApp to the pastors in Nepal, in Bhutan, and that in district. I said, okay, you can just send these messages, forward these messages, or tell your people. And last month, from 24 October to 20th October, we had a five days of Deeper Life conferences, conference, and yet guess how many people came? Over 800 people came. 800 people, and most of them they were youth. Most of them were young people, and new people, and some of them were not even born again. They were Hindus, and they came from day, from morning till evening, and we housed them, we fed them, over 800 people for five days of conference, and you know what happened? And they said, we want Jesus, and we want to take baptism. And tremendous, and these Hindus, young people came, and just a few weeks ago, they were baptized in their local churches. Great things are happening. And the people were healed and delivered, and the power of God moved in a mighty way, a powerful way. And we have, a, also we have, since this COVID, our church and our other uh, related churches have a, Every day prayer meeting. Every day prayer meeting. So for the last several years, we have had this prayer meeting. And recently, we have continuous prayer meeting for the several months. And we were praying and in our church every evening. And uh, this man came to the church. And we prayed for him. And then his son was sick, very sick. And he was hospitalized. And he was in an intensive cure, intensive cure unit. ICU. 
And that night when we prayed for him, he ran to ICU to see his son. And we prayed for his son. The doctors and the people there who were taking care of his son, they said, no, no, he's doing great. Just a few minutes ago, we put him down to the regular apartment. And in a matter of few days, he was released from the hospital. God is a miracle-working God. Where we fail, God succeeds. Where we are limited, God is unlimited. When we don't have anything, God has everything. When we suffer, God heals. He provides. And there was a one man who had, whose son was epileptic. And he came to the prayer meeting and he prayed over his son. He was totally healed. And just a few months ago, he said, my son is totally healed. And he is now taking water baptism. He received the Lord. Hallelujah. God is moving in a mighty way throughout the world. God is great. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And greater is in me. He has a destiny for you and for me. We are not here just a mere people of the world. We are not here just to earn the money and live a life, but we have an eternity in our destination. And God is always there. And the most important thing is that I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm, 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 my, my sins washed with the precious blood of the Lamb. I'm secure and I'm going to go with the Lord. My destiny is secure. I have an eternal hope in Jesus. But as long as He has me on the face of this earth, I am His ambassador. And I represent his kingdom. And when I represent the kingdom, the kingdom of the devil must go away. When you speak the name of Jesus, demon must leave. When you speak the name of Jesus, sickness must leave. When you speak the name of Jesus, there's a sickness and diseases must leave. Doctors must leave because God is in us and through us. He has set us aside for his glory, not for our comfort or you know, as a church, a religious body, as fine as you we want to name, if you want to name that way, but we are a special special chosen generation. We are his priesthood. God wants to bring a greater revival and a greater revelation of his kingdom through you and me. And he has assigned the assignments to us. It's a heavenly assignment. Amen. So it's my introduction and sharing with you. So I want to thank you again so much for your continued prayers, your love, your encouragement, your support. And I tell you what, they mean a lot to us. They mean the whole world. And you have been very gracious. So I thank you with a deep gratitude and deep humility. I want to thank you so much for being a part of this ministry for so many years. And you've been very faithful. And you have helped us so much. So I just want to encourage you and thank you again. On behalf of many pastors and churches, our Home of Hope children, and all the dear ones that are there. Because of you, that we've been able to go forward in the march of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the march of faith. Amen? This morning, uh, Pastor Albert Hill and Pastor Scott asked me to bring the message to you, and uh, I just want to—I I just want to pray and uh, share this message if the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, shall we pray? Father God, I thank you for this time. Thank you that you brought me.
to the precious family of Generation Church. I thank you for Pastor Albert, Miss Monica, Pastor Scott and Melissa, and our sister Deborah, and all the dear ones in this church, the family, the families of Generation Church. I'm so grateful, Lord. I'm, it is so privileged to stand before your people and to give the report, Lord, about the work in the ministry, about the great and mighty things you'll be doing. And they are so part and they are so, so much related and has become, have become a, such a great blessing and a part in this ministry. We thank you for it. And I thank you, Father, for this dear family, dear saints of God, this dear body of Christ. I thank you for them, their love, their comfort, their passion, and their compassion. And now, Lord, I pray as I, bring, as I stand here to bring the word of God, I ask you to, Lord, help me, sanctify me, forgive my sins, cleanse me, purify me with the precious blood of the Lord. Lord, if there is any sin that I haven't confessed, I ask you to, Lord, I ask you to forgive me, confess that sin also, and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your anointing as I share the gospel and the word of God from your holy scripture. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Is this working in the back? It's not working. Huh? This is okay, huh? Yes, it's all right. I, think. I would like you to turn with me. It's Isaiah chapter 60. Verse 1 through 3. If I'm going over time, Pastor Scott, please let me know. I'll stop. <laughs> Well, before I speak that word, uh, you have to, this, this chapter 60 and chapter 59 is related very much. And uh, in chapter 59 of Isaiah, you find about the, the prophet is saying about the different sins and shortcomings of, of the nation of Israel. He lists about many kind of iniquities, iniquities that have separate, separated the people of God and and from God, and, and he, he says because of that, God's face is hidden. So many things are there. So many evil things the prophets list there. The nation of Israel is doing against the will of God. Different kind of iniquities, iniquity, injustice. And uh, all, the, all the repressing thing and... and all the evil things the people were doing during that time, and they were like a blind groping in the darkness, not knowing and, and being far away from the Lord. And down in the verse, toward the end of verse 15, we read, The Lord, and then the Lord saw it, and it displeased, displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him. And his own righteousness, it sustained him. He put on the righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with a zeal as a clock. 
according to their deeds accordingly, he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies. The coastlands he will fully repay, so shall they fear. The name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Now, all these things happen, and it says, in my understanding, God didn't himself put a helmet of salvation, but all these things we can read also in Ephesians chapter 6. But what I see here is that God himself took an initiation or an initiative, and he came with the salvation. He came with a garment of vengeance. He came with a breastplate of righteousness to provide for the people those who were, who were in dark darkness, deep darkness, and to give them and rescue them and protect them from the enemy. And God himself took the initiative, as you know, as we come to the grace period and the dispensation of grace in the, in the New Testament, Jesus was sent as our rescuer and as our, as our Savior and Lord, and he gave us the breastplate of righteousness, the helmets of salvation, and he gave us the faith. And through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the enemies, if he comes like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard of righteousness against him. And he will defy his every scheme and every, every, every plan that he has. And this chapter 59 is very closely related to the, to the chapter 60. And you, dear ones, the pastors and the scholar, you know about it. I don't have to share much about it. But the thing that really strikes me, it strikes me as I read these two chapters, in the verse 20 and 59, chapter 59, it says, The Redeemer will come to Zion, hallelujah, and to those who turn from transgression in Jacob, and says the Lord. It says, As for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them, my spirit who is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. Nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouths of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord from this time and forevermore. So in conclusion, what God is saying in chapter 59 is, yes, there is a sin. There is a darkness. People are rebellious. People are forsaking the laws of the Lord. People are forsaking the kingdom principalities. And there is, people are turning away. But God says, I'm going to take my own step. I'm going to come in and I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to baffle the enemy. I'm going to bring my righteousness. I'm going to bring my salvation. I'm going to bring my power. I'm going to bring my anointing. And I'm going to, I'm going to those who call upon my name, I'm going to fill them with the words of my salvation. Fill them with the words of my covenant. And it says that the spirit of who is upon you, my words in which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart from your mouth. Hallelujah. That means God is going to give us the decree of heaven. And he has already done that through the Lord Jesus Christ and also giving us the precious Holy Spirit. And then it says here down, and these 
the words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendant. For the mouth of your descendant, from the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. This is the promise and the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the Lord God Almighty to us. And this has been fulfilled by coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the covenant blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary. And he bought us with the precious blood of the Lamb. And then he says in chapter 60, what he says then, arise! He says, now, because I have made covenant with you, because I have bought with the precious blood of my Son, because I have washed your sins, because I have... United together with me, and I have given you the power of the Holy Spirit. I have anointed you. I have given you your destiny. I have given you a future. I have given you eternity. Now, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will rise, arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you and the Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. First of all, we have to rise in order to shine. You know that? Sun has to rise in the east, first of all. And then when, he, when the sun rises, it looks so beautiful. People from all over the world come to Darjeeling and the, because we have the third highest mountain, Kanchenjunga in Darjeeling, and they go in a certain place called Tiger Hill. From Tiger Hill, people from all over India and from many parts of the world come early in the morning and at 3 o'clock in the morning they go and you wanna, they want to see the sunrise. They want to see the sunrise. Beautiful, golden, and, and then you have a, a ro rosy color coming up and golden and yellow and uh, different types of color. And the people say, oh, they take pictures and, you know, and then the sun slowly comes up. It's, big, it's rising, nicely rising. Then he comes up and he comes up. Then, you know, then people don't want to look at that sun anymore. Why? Because it's getting brighter. <laughs> it's getting what? Brighter and brighter and the, the lights the early lights are not there, but the sun is now shining in full power, and it's coming up. It's coming up. It says, arise. And then, you know, I, under I, 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 I understood the sun has a power. In, in the early days of my life, uh, I, uh, we would go in, uh, in the thatched houses, and when the sun was in the middle, in the in the twelve o'clock, full bright sun, people would take their blankets and they care, they take their all kinds of uh, you know mattresses, and they will put before the sun. They said because if there is any germ or any kind of sickness or anything, the sun will kill it. And. Uh, the sun has a power. There is a, there is a really, one comes in the full brightness. It has a power. It doesn't have a power. It is beautiful in the morning to look at it and to admire it and to take a picture. But one comes a full bright light. Can you see? Can anybody just look at the sun in the full bright sun when he's in the middle, in the midday? No, it's very difficult. It will blind your eyes because it's such a power. Amen. And then, 
One of, friend, one of my friends was visiting us, Pastor Albert, here, several years ago, a man from the U.S., and he had uh, flu because he was in the mountain, and it's a cold climate. He had a flu. He was, a sneeze, you know, he was a sneezing, and his, run was, his nose was running down, he's coughing, and he had to go to the airport. I had to take him to the airport, and during that time, it's a small airport. The road, roads were not so good many years ago. So we drove him down, and all of a sudden, the sun came. The other sudden sun came in the middle of the day. Then we had a small jeep, and we were hiring that jeep for him to, to, to take him to the airport. Then when the sun came, he said, Gautam, could you please ask the driver to stop the car? Okay, I'll, I stopped the car. And they said, okay, let me just bask in the sun. Let, let the sun rays come upon me for about at least 20 minutes. So we stayed there for 20 minutes, bright sunlight hit on his face. And he says, okay, after 20 minutes, let's go. I'm feeling better. So I'm just sharing with you the effects of the power and the, and the, the effect, the power of the full sun that is in the middle of the day. So what here I'm, I'm, I'm going to share with you is God has given us the power, just like a sun has a power. As it comes up on the sky from early morning, then it's slowly, slowly, slowly. I think the scripture say, says, you know, uh, the, 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 the feet of the righteous person are ordered by the Lord. They're brighter and brighter until the full day. Amen? So, until the full day. And it's, as it comes, what happens? The power that it, you know, it has, the power and the strength and the whatever sun has, it is now in the midday. It's, 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 it comes, it's, it's, it's manifesting. And it's, uh, it's surrounding, uh, surrounding, people are happy, you know, and, and uh, on the planet Earth and on the animals, you know, people are happy because sun is rising. Today, sun is rising, and, and I told Miss Manika, oh, it's going to be a good day. I think I'm driving back to Dallas. It's going to be sun shining. So what he's saying here is uh, we are like a sun, hallelujah, like the sun. We must arise first. Because the glory of the Lord is coming on us. And the thing is that, first of all, we, why we must rise is because God has covenanted us through the blood of the Lamb, through the blood of His Son, to our eternal purpose. He has set us aside, not just a religious body, a Christian body, a Christian religion. I think He has chosen us in a such a way to represent His kingdom, His will, and His destiny on the face of the earth. So God is saying, and I, I mean, it just, I don't know, but it, it, when I read this uh, chapter 60, verse 1, arise and shine. And it says, let the glory, let the, for your light has come. So what I'd like to share with you is that, first of all, you and me are to arise in order to shine. Must arise. Sun has to arise first in order to shine. So God says arise, but not on our own strength and power, performance, and personalities. Why? The second verse says, for your light has come. It's not our light, but His light has come. But the reason God is saying arise is because He is causing His own light to shine upon us. It is like a reflective light. As his light shines over you and over me. You shine, and that light is the glory of God. 
The light is the glory of God. It's not our own light. We don't have the light. Now, the world has, and the personalities of the world, political leaders, sports person, celebrities, wealthy people, rich people, powerful people, they have their own light. But that's a, that light doesn't last long. And even the Proverbs says, when they die, it, it fades away. It goes. Nobody, nobody will remember. Nobody will remember their wealth. Nobody will remember their talents or show or personalities. And most of the people are miserable, these people. You know, and in India, we have so many Bollywoods and Tollywoods and many players. But you know, as I read their testimony, some, most of them are confused. Most of them are committing suicide. They are in jail. But, you know, our light is not our own light, not our personality, not our power, not our performance or, per, or our strength. It's a God's light, and that light is the glory of God. It says, because your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Hallelujah. Glory of the Lord is risen upon us. What is the glory of God? It is the highest. What is the glory of God? We, you, you, there is lots of things about the glory of God. You know, it's like the, the glory of God has come. Give glory to the Lord. It's, it's a different meaning there is in the word of God. Give glory means give praise and honor. But whenever you come to the word glory of God, glory of God, that means the power of and the anointing and the personality that the glory of God represents is different from the rest of the glories of God in the Bible. So here it says the glory of God, which means it's the glory of God is the highest attribute of his character and existence. It is incomprehensible, deep mysteries, mysterious, powerful. No mere human mind can understand this powerful and mysterious glory, but it is revealed to those who know their God. It's a glory of God. It's not to give glory to God. It's not like that. It's the glory of God himself. Who is the glory of God? Who is? It's the glory of God. Everybody say glory to the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the house. And they say glory. And the Bible says, let me turn this and uh, just share with you a little bit. First Corinthians chapter 2, and it says this way. Paul put his, by the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. says here, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That glory of God, the eyes had not seen, the, the mere eyes of the philosopher, the mere eyes of the religious people, mere eyes of the president and the emperors, they have not seen, and ear, ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of men, the God has prepared for them who love him. And that is a great mysterious glory of God. Now, the two categories of the glory, I want to share with you, two categories. First, in Old Testament called the called the Kabbat. Uh, most of you know what is Kabbat. Kabbat is a heavy, powerful pool of weight which makes you immovable. Kabbat means heavy, powerful, full of weight which makes you immovable. That means you cannot even move. 
When the kabat, the glory of God comes upon you. As you read in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, chapter 7, sorry, 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Um, uh, you don't have to turn it, but I'm going to read it to you. 2 Chronicles. I hope I'm not, I hope, I hope it is not boring. Are you listening? It's okay? Or right, I'm saying with it, bear with me, please. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 through 2. It says here, now when Solomon had finished praying, you find his prayer in chapter 6. And, and uh, Solomon, Solomon prays from verse 12 down there. And it says chapter, no, Second Corinthians chapter 2, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. When, now when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord has filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For his good and his mercy, and his mercy endures forever. Now, this is the kabat. When the minister went there, the priest went there, could not move also, could not do anything because the power, the glory of the Lord was there. Amen. And then we find, first glory of the Lord was, was, we find that, I don't want to read it, but I'll give you the verse, in the installation of the ark. When, when the ark was installed in Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 2 through 14, and then you can read First Kings chapter 8, verse 1 through 10. That's a glory, that's a kabad, which is a heavy and powerful, which makes you so, uh, maybe makes you to, do nothing actually to behold, to be, just to behold, to enjoy and invest in the glory of God. And that's what Isaiah is saying. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And the second glory you find is in Greek, in New Testament, it's called doxa. In Greek, it says doxa. Doxa means it's a revelation, it's a light, it's a perception, it's a wisdom and knowledge. That's a doxa. So there is a it's all given to the church, given to the ecclesia. And it's a, it's a glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And we must, and please, I just wanted to just submit to you. We must be able to grasp what is the glory. It's not just saying glory to God, praise the Lord, hallelujah. It's a, it's a personality, it's the power, it's the supreme attributes of God who wants, who would like to fill us with his own glory. Amen. And then we find that in this doxa, first of all, it's mentioned in Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to read it a few verses, and uh, we go to Matthew chapter 16. It says in verse 13 to 18. When Jesus came, to, came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the, his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This is a doxa. This is a revelation that came to Simon Peter. It's a, it's a knowledge, it's a perception, it's the light. And he said to Simon Peter, and I also said to you that you are a Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He's not saying, Peter, you are a rock, I'm going to build a church upon you. No, the, the revelation you received. Received. My Father, heaven, that revealed to you that I am the Son of God. I am the, I, I, I'm the Christos. I am the one, that anointed one. That power, that revelation, that perception, that light, that knowledge and wisdom that my Father gave it to you, I'm going to build upon this revelation my church. Is not a Christian religion. And every today, nowadays, I say to people, we are not, I tell, I tell Hindu fanatic, they say, I'm not here to make you Christian. I'm not here to convert you to Christianity. I'm here to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, Jesus Christ, who gives you life, who changes your life, who heals you. And there's no other God on the face of this planet Earth. Only one God. Eternal God. And that must come. Not, must come as a revelation. Not because you were born in a Christian family. You must know the Lord Jesus Christ personally. And it says, Peter, on this revelation that you have received, that I'm the Christos, only one anointed to bring salvation and deliverance on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that's what we're doing. Hallelujah. We're not preaching Christianity. Come on the Sunday morning or, or come on this fellowship, do this and that. But we're saying Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is the truth, the way and the life. Jesus is the only God, only one that gives you salvation. That is a revelation. And that, that is you have to preach out of the unction, out of the conviction. Not as a religious ceremony, not as a religious Poem or something else, but it's the power of God, the perception. And Peter, uh, and P, P, when, after that, we read, and I was going to share with you just, just verses in Ephesians, we find Paul says in such a way, Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, about this doxa. I know many of you have heard and maybe preached here, Pastor Scott, Pastor Albert Hill may have already preached about this. I want to share with you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 onward. Let me read to you. Therefore, I also, after heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, Father of glory, Father of doxa, Father of light, Father of revelation, Father of perception, Father of wisdom and knowledge. It says, Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I thank God for the Bible school. I thank God for the seminary. But the thing that to, to, to grow intimately in the Lord Jesus Christ is through the Father's revelation and the Holy Spirit in the knowledge and in the wisdom and the revelation, in the knowledge, knowing Jesus Christ. And it says here, verse 18, the eyes of understanding 
eyes of your heart, eyes of your mind, eyes of your spirit may be open, not our only physical eyes. Somebody sent me a song a few days ago, Fanny Crosby Road. She was a blind. She couldn't see. Many of you know she was a blind. Such a sorrow, but she wrote such a tremendous hymn. Nowadays, even here, you know, in, 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 in India, other places, we don't sing those hymns. But I tell you, those hymns are written on knees and tears and worship and devotion. She didn't see with her eyes, natural eyes, but her spiritual eyes were so bright and powerful. And it says here, that your eyes of understanding, your eyes of a heart, eyes of inner man, being enlightened, hallelujah, being enlightened by doxa, by the revelation, by the glory, by the power, by the strength, by the wisdom, by perception. And he goes on to saying that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to our, us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him which fills all in all. He's saying that you must have that revelation in order to function on the face of the earth as an ambassador of Christ. As a body of Christ, knowing that Jesus, re Jesus reigns and rules in and through you. That you are the body of Christ, that everything that is in this world, any power of darkness and sickness and disease and demonic powers are under your feet. How do we get that? By the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. By knowing him personally. By growing in him intimately. How we go in India, casting out demons and sealing sick people, everything, because without the help of the Lord, without knowing the revelation of Jesus, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. I don't have the power. I don't have the strength. I don't have that. I don't have the guts to go against the demonic power. I was also myself. Some of you know that I've shared my testimony. I was epileptic in the in the year 1974 when I was in college. Somebody told me about the Lord Jesus Christ. I was I had epilepsy, and that night I cried out to the Lord. And my parents and my my family tried to help me and heal me. My me and my brother and their their priests came. Their Hindu monks came, and a, the Buddhist monks came. Did everything. And the witch doctor came, did, 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 did everything, but nothing could change us. But when I call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that night Jesus delivered me from the epilepsy. And today, in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm living as a testament of Jesus Christ and casting the devils out. How do we do that? By the perception, knowing, by the revelation. Not by just reading and memorizing scripture or preaching a theology. It is an intimate walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing him and his perception, his wisdom, his power, his anointing. I cannot do it myself. I cannot say, go to myself, I did it. How can we do it in such a land of India? Where you have so many gods and goddesses and demonic power worshiping left and right. How we arise... 
how we arise above, above, the, above the power of darkness. It is because we must keep in our focus that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Jesus Christ has given us power and that has to come through revelation of the Holy Spirit that I'm with him and he with me. To know the inheritance. That's the only way we prevail on the face of the earth. And it says here in, in, in Isaiah, it says here, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. It says that the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. You must understand this. There's a two phases, two sides of it. First, the glory of the Lord has, rise, has risen upon you. We must hold on to that. We must not, we must let it go, we must not let it go. By mere fear, by mere threats of the world, by mere sickness and disease, by mere debates, by mere theories and denominational barriers, we must hold on to the glory of the Lord. We must know the glory of the Lord is in me and over me. We must hold to it. Because the next verse says here, because behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And it's a deep darkness, the people. Two parallel things here. Darkness is going on. Darkness is increasing in the, in the face of the earth. Listen, I've lived here also. I went to school in India. I went to school here in Christ for the Nations from 1976 to 78 and until 80s. But there's a great difference. The darkness in these countries are increasing and increasing. At the same time, the glory of God is shining forth. Hallelujah. I tell you, one of the things I want to say to you, yes, the, the, whatever people are saying to this nation, I tell you, the will of the Lord, the destiny of the Lord, He hasn't left it out from this country. He has a will. He has a way. He has to do whatever He wants to do in this country. This USA will be saved. But people who have come here, privileged people, have dedicated their lives to the Lord. They prayed. It's not just a Thanksgiving dinner, but Thanksgiving day. They knelt down and prayed to the Lord, cry out to the Lord. The godly president prayed to the Lord. And I tell you, God will save this country. Even the darkness is growing all over the world. But the people of God who have the glory of God, they will not give in. They will not give up. They will pray until the dawn of the light of the glory of God shines brighter and brighter. And I tell you what, America will be saved. America will be delivered. God has not, has not done with it. God has a great purpose in America. We thank God for America. We pray every day for America. We pray for you every day because this nation is a great nation and God has a will. God has a purpose. God has his voice in this country. And I tell you, God is going to shine forth again in this country. He's going to bring his will in this country. Amen. Even the darkness is getting darker and darker. But this nation, uh, the nation where he has his remnant all over the world because of their prayers. They may not be seen in the YouTube or, or, or in, in Facebook or in TV. They are the people hiding behind the glory of the God. Behind the shadow of his wings. Hallelujah. They're praying. The widows are praying. The churches are praying. They're faithfully seeking the face of the Lord. I tell you what, your prayer will be, will be the great righteous instrument in the hand of God to this turn this nation. 
over to the shining glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this nation, I tell you, this nation, other nation will be saved and God is going to shine for them. I tell you, great revival is yet to come in this nation. Great revival. And I'm praying for that. That great breakthrough is going to come because the glory of the Lord is upon you. The glory of the Lord is upon you. Light has come. We should not give in. Today in the world, two sides are progressing parallelly. In one side, the political world, economic world, technological world, moral world, and religious world, groping together in, in deep darkness and moving together in the charm and beauty and glamour of the devil is day down toward the pit of darkness, maybe hell. There's no way out to escape from the clutches of the darkness. Whereas Ecclesia, the set apart, the chosen and call out people, the church is moving higher and higher in, and in greater dimension of its kabat and doxa, about which the devil and his cohorts and fallen angels and, the, and demonic powers can do nothing about it. Can do nothing about it. Neither can they comprehend the way the Lord is working in his church. They cannot touch it. They cannot, they cannot, they will be bewildered. They cannot touch it. The, the cohort of the evil and the darkness and Satan, they cannot because the kabat and the, and the doxa, the Lord is putting on the set apart ecclesia of, the whole, of, the, of his kingdom. He will do it. He will do it. He wants to do it. And the, 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 the gates of hell will not be able to overcome it. Heaven's cohort, I mean, it's satanic cohort. And the devils and his, his demons are, cannot do it. And the glory of God and the glory of God in and through the blood-bought ecclesia of God is going to cover the world. Hallelujah. In a such a way that the that. That in the, that in the intellectuals, the philosophers, the politicians, the kings and the emperors, the president, the debaters and the atheists are going to cry out from the top of their lungs and say, Save us! Show us the way of the Lord! Show us the Lord! This is what is happening in India. They're calling us out. Show us! Please come and pray for us. Even the political leaders say, Would you please pray for us? Why? They know. They don't have the answer. They are just a mere for days or months or year, but they want the prayers of people's peoples, prayers of the people of God. Why? They know. Even the persecutor, they know the secret is in the hand of the church because God has given this power to the church, to the ecclesia. Amen. They're crying out and asking the people of God, come and pray for us. So God says, Arise from your religious, monotonous, depressive, and distorted lifestyle. He's saying to you and me, me let not the depression and, and this discouragement keep you. You have to rise above your level. Rise above your lifestyle. Life above your diet or li rise above, above your depression and distorted lifestyle. And to begin to shine because I am pouring, God says, I'm pouring out my glory upon you. Hallelujah. 
When my glory comes on you, your situation, mindset, your lifestyle, and the destiny is going to change. It's going to change. It's not going to be the same. Listen. One moment of the touch of God is going to bring the, de- the, going to bring the whole of difference in the whole, all eternity of life. One moment of God will change your destiny and my destiny. It's going to say, I'm pouring out. God says, I'm pouring out my spirit upon you. I'm pouring out my glory upon you. When my glory comes on you, your situation, mindset, your lifestyle, and your destiny is going to change. Then you will lift up your spiritual eyes and behold and see the darkness all over the world. But you will not be afraid at all because the glory of God dwells in you. And you are going to be career, carrier. You're going to be the carrier of the, his glory. And wherever you go, the darkness is going to be rendered powerless. One of the ladies from the women conference, we have several women conferences. Next is coming in January 9th through the 13th. She was very simple. She came from the, in a village up in the hill, mountain area. And her whole area is demon poses. And when she went after the women conference, being filled with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it began to, as she was moving up in the trail, I mean, you don't have a, just a trail, walking trail, and she was singing the word. She was singing the word, word of the Lord. She was singing the songs and worship. She was singing and going. And when he reached home next day, the people calling. Who was this woman who was singing beautiful song? And you know what happened? My daughter was changed. My daughter was healed. When she saw his, when she heard that song, my my daughter's sickness left away. Another man comes. My son began to speak. He was not speaking at all. Began to speak. Why? Because the glory of the Lord has come upon you, and you will change the darkness, and the darkness shall flee away. You will render them powerless. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. We have a story after story like this. The more the talents and the beauty and a sophisticated technological and scientific achievement, success and power, the more the sin, war, loneliness, anxiety, fear are gripping the hearts of mankind. This darkness is covering the world. But Ecclesia, hallelujah. Can you say, everybody say, Ecclesia, say, the church. Say, I am the church. I am the church. And the ecclesia of the church is mighty weapon in the hands of God. Hallelujah. To shatter the work of darkness. And there is no other agency on the face of this earth. Because he has bought the church with the promise and with the precious blood of the Lamb. And he has ordained it to be his only representative on the face of this world. So you are that church. You are the glory of God. You and me are the one who will be the carrier of the glory of God. And wherever we go, we present the gospel. And not only the gospel, we present the kingdom of God. And when we present the kingdom of God, when we have thought power, the devil must leave. 
Demon must leave. Sickness must leave. Kingdom of light has come. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter, and it will cover the whole world. At last, I want to read this word, and I'm going to close it. Ephesians chapter 3. And go, please go home and just, I know you have already uh, heard this word and you have meditated and you studied upon it. That's fine. But just want to leave this, leave this with you in the light of what I just shared. Chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, <clears throat> says in verse 9. And to make all the people see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. What he's saying, Paul is saying, and listen, not only on the terrestrial realm, right here on the earth, but even in the, in the heavenly places where the principalities rules and reign by the power of the church, this, his kingdom, his throne can be rendered powerless in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord. When you know, and we know, we know the glory of God resides in us. And the manifold wisdom of God will be, will be displayed all over these heavenly places. And the, his kingdom must come. And his will, God's will, God's kingdom, God's eternal pattern and his purpose must be completed, must be fulfilled. Thank you so much. I love you very much. I'm sorry if I took a, a long time. Pastor Scott, forgive me. Thank you so much for giving me this time. I love you very much. Please know that we are praying for you every day. Thank you again for being with us, being a, such a wonderful partner for the work of the Lord in India, Northeast India and in Tibet, China, and Nepal, and Bhutan, I am so grateful to all of you. From the depth of my heart, and that of the hearts of our people, I just want to convey to you, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor Scott. Thank you.